Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. And this morning, I am joined from the U of M. Mary Meyer is back with us answering those uh, lawn and garden questions as we like to do every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to folks like uh, Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Denny. Great to be here and talk about gardening. Even yes, though we have uh, some snow, we are thinking about what we can do in the next coming weeks, right? But I think the good news, at least what I was looking at, I wish I had the map in front of me, a, 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 a weather kind of related map showing that uh, our drought areas have kind of subsided, thank goodness, a little bit because yes, of this. Yes, this is really wonderful. So hopefully we'll uh, be able to recharge that uh, uh, ground with moisture, and that will mean life for many of our plants. Boy. So certainly anything we planted last year, it was touch and go, and we had to really be watering. But yes, this amount of snow is really helpful, and rain, for us to have so much True. rain in the winter, really unusual, but helpful for plants, yes. And it's kind of good, in looking at this week's forecast, it's kind of good because we're we're not getting like suddenly 50 degrees for three days and, you know, suddenly a lot of melting. It's, it's kind of a gradual thing. So that's, yes. uh, that's, that's positive. If you have uh, any kind of a lawn or garden question and you're a regular listener to the Smart Garden Show, you know how busy we tend to get this hour. So by all means, don't wait. Give us a call. Give Mary a call if you want to chat with her. We'd love to hear your voice. Or if it's easier for you, send a text like a lot of folks do as well. Uh, either way, same number, 651 651- Four six one nine two two six again six five one four six one nine two two six. Well, what's uh, what's up with uh, your uh, your garden? What are your plans now as we move well, through? The, we're, we're into March now. Here it is, March. March. We're into March, and this is seed starting time. So I have uh, I'm accumulating containers to start seeds in. I I like to do some uh, winter sowing which is actually putting some of our uh, cool season uh, crops, cabbage, lettuce, kale, radishes, uh, sowing those seeds and actually putting them outside. And uh, we have directions about how to do this on our extension website. And then they will um, actually germinate as the weather conditions are suitable. 
and you'll have seeds uh, ready to go. So starting seeds is something you could do. Um, I was at a garden center this past week and started purchasing seeds. Uh, you remember a few years ago, there was actually a shortage of vegetable seeds especially, but I, I don't ex anticipate any shortages, but you do get the best selection of certain varieties when you go uh, to garden centers now to actually uh, look for seed. And of course, many people buy seed through the mail, mail order catalogs um, as well. So. Uh, the other information that's just come out from the Master Gardeners are the recommended varieties. Master Gardeners do test varieties of vegetables and flowers in Minnesota every year, and those most recent recommendations for varieties that did well by you know fellow gardeners here in Minnesota, that's up now on the Extension uh, website as well. And then there are classes. There are many classes you can go to. The Hennepin County Master Gardeners has some free vegetable uh, and seed starting 101 classes. So lots of things uh, gardeners can do to prepare for the big, uh, big season coming up. And these, uh, you mentioned the classes, and we like to talk about that. Those are generally, those are online, right? You don't have to, to drive many, anywhere, right? Yes, many classes are online through uh, Hennepin County. Master Gardeners have some. The Arboretum has a long list. And then the Minnesota State Horticulture Society, uh, they have a lot of classes as well. And this weekend, uh, today and tomorrow, the last days for the flower show out at the Arboretum and the Home and Garden Show is in Yes. Town. So, wow. Yeah, lots to do. Now, you're talking uh, just a few minutes ago about uh, getting seeds started. And I remember you and your colleagues talking about using cutting, like cutting off the tops of water, uh, you know, like gallon milk jugs, jugs of water. Yeah. Milk jugs, water yeah. Water jugs, milk jugs, yes. How does that work? Well, what's, what's, it's, it's cool because you kind of cut it in half. You can leave a little hinge on so the top is still attached. But you have this uh, plastic bottom that you put holes in that, put a, you know, a couple inches of uh, potting soil in, put your seeds in, and then you can put the top back on. You can tape it with some um, duct tape or other tape. But you, this creates like a mini greenhouse. And this is what I then put outside. I put it in the south side of my house. And... Um, when these, uh, the sun comes out, makes that a mini greenhouse, warms it up, it stays moist. And then if it doesn't, if nothing happens for two or three weeks, that's fine. But once it gets warm enough, those cool season crops will start to grow. And then you'll have those small uh, plants that you can transplant then and um, either continue to grow in larger containers inside or outside when it, the snow is gone. Sounds kind of fun. I'd like to try that. It's a year. lot of fun, yes. Yeah. Let's uh, grab a phone call or two before we take a quick break. I think Mary is uh, calling in from Bloomington today. Uh, Mary, good morning. You're on Smart Garden with Mary. Hi. I love your show, but I just have a question about uh, we plant a vegetable garden and always plant the Chantenay carrots. It's a shorter, fatter carrot, a very good keeper. And last year uh, when I planted them, I... I uh, thin them out to the two inches and we water the garden with rainwater. and uh, when I dug the carrots up in the fall it was very obvious that it was one carrot you know you could tell by the carrot top but I'd say probably a quarter of the carrots had all these little appendages that almost looked like baby carrots growing out from the side and they were a little bit bigger than baby had 
all these little appendages that almost looked like baby carrots growing out from the side, and they were a little bit bigger than baby carrots. So anyway, I was wondering what caused that. We use rainwater to water the garden. If I watered it too much or not enough, or what could cause that to happen? I don't think that's related to watering, Mary. And as long as you had the right seed, the variety, that, um, that, that's an important thing to go with with carrots. The most important thing in growing carrots is you have to have a well-drained, loose, fertile soil. So heavy clay soils are very difficult to get a good crop of carrots. Um, the, the sandier soils, light uh, soils, so that those roots can easily grow down with no impediment is really important. So I guess I would recommend that you really try to do deep tilling or, or till down about a foot, if possible, where you're going to sow your carrot seeds. So it's the soil is really loose and lightweight. Uh, carrots don't like a lot of moisture. They need sufficient, but they don't like wet soils uh, as well. So I wouldn't, I would try not to overwater them, but basically try to just make sure you have a really loose seed bed that you're planting them in so they can grow freely and and I would again go with that same variety that you're right that's a stubbier variety it is shorter uh, I think it's quite sweet but uh, good luck yeah great uh, let's uh, take a quick break Mary we'll come back we'll answer more Lana Garden questions at 651-461-9226 right now in the Twin Cities well we uh, got one more added one more degree from last hour 27 now we're heading to near 37 today, and it's going to be kind of a windy next couple of days or so. But right now, 27 here on Newstalk 830. This is WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on Saturday morning on CCO, every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Mary Meyer from the U of M is answering those lawn and garden questions for you today, either by phone or by text as usual. And that number to get to, to Mary, 651-461-9226. Mary, and as usual, we have callers and we have textures, so let's get to it. I think John's calling in from Menominee uh, this morning. John, thank you for waiting. What is your question for Mary? Yes, uh, good morning. I have a dogwood bush that needs some trimming. I was wondering, is this a good time right now to trim, and how low can I uh, trim it down? Yes, John, this is a good time to do that. You can do a lot of trimming on that dogwood. Some people regularly cut their dogwoods down, especially if you have ones that have the beautiful red or green or yellow uh, bark on those. The new growth has the best coloring, so some people trim them on a regular basis, just have the beautiful uh, new shoots. So you can cut it down to six inches, and it will grow back again. So dogwood, one of our great uh, native shrubs, especially good for wet soil conditions, but... Uh, wonderful plant to have in your landscape. Very good. Thank you, John. Let's uh, go to Ramsey. Karen is on the horn uh, calling in a question for you, Mary. Hi, Karen. What, what's your question? Yeah, I have a Mohegan uh, viburnum. I think I'm saying that right. And I'm just wondering if I should be trimming that each year and if this is a good time. 
It really depends on uh, how big you want the plant to get. So that's a viburnum that will get to be 10 feet tall, maybe 12 even. But yes, uh, you can prune it right now if you uh, want to. Um, if you're interested in the flowers, I would wait until after the flowers come on it this spring to prune it then. Some viburnum have you know, much more conspicuous flowers than others. So um, if you're if if your main goal is just make it uh, smaller in size, you can do that right now. But you don't really have to prune of this viburnum. It is not a shrub that requires pruning. It can get quite large. Most viburnums are great for um, many insects that will feed on the foliage as well as uh, pollinators that do like the flowers. We were talking about uh, seeds, uh, and when we began the show, Mary, here's a, here's a fun uh, question for you from a text. What are easy ways in seeds to have very young children plant indoors and later outdoors for a garden? Or should the kids just wait and help plant the garden? But either way, it's a great idea. It's a great idea, and I think really you should probably do both. With kids, the the easiest thing is if you start with large seeds, so sunflower seeds, marigolds, zinnias, cosmos, calendulas, those are all seeds that are fairly large, and you can pick up with your fingers and see. Uh, calendulas... Uh, they, their seeds are in the shape of it, the letter C, and so they have a kind of funny uh, look to the seed. Calendulas are easy to grow. They uh, tolerate cool uh, conditions, and pretty much all the ones I listed, zinnias, sunflowers, marigolds, they come up quickly. So within a week, you can see them. Uh, many people like to start beans as well, just the regular garden beans, because they will grow quickly. So all of these I mentioned, like a week after you sow the seed, you're going to have a little plant. And of course, we're not going to be able to put it outside in a week from now. So that's why it's kind of a challenge to start really early. Then you've got to put these in bright sunshine indoors. But I, I would try both. I'd start in, indoors as well as uh, get ready for to do them uh, in the garden when, when we can at the end of May. And good for you for doing that. That's perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this listener, uh, Mary, lives on a third floor, and they they love their flowers on the uh, on their balcony. But unfortunately, they have a lot of yellow jackets that are attracted. I don't know if there are certain types of plants or flowers that would not attract them. I didn't realize they were just attracted to flowers. I thought it was more like sweets and stuff. I think that it is, Denny. But but of course, you know. Um, the pollinators are insects, yeah. and those insects, um, really, they are more interested in food sources. They're not interested in us so much in stinging us. They're interested in food, and often that is sugar or some source of protein or carbohydrates. So I would say no matter anything, the flowers is going to attract uh, the pollinators, and I would, um, yeah, that, I, I don't think you're going to avoid that unless unless you go with something that's like uh, the typical indoor house plants like ficus, uh, Norfolk Island pine, things that don't have flowers. Mm -hmm. um, you're you will always be attracting insects, so I think it's more of an issue of learning to live with them and just. Um, 
understanding that because that they they're pretty much always going to be there. Another listener, Mary, would like you to address a couple of spring steps for roses, specifically shrub roses. Any tips for taking care of those? I usually wait until the shrub roses have started to grow in the spring. Their buds have started to swell so I can see what's alive and what's dead. And then I prune off anything that's brown and dead. Uh, Many of our shrub roses that we can grow now here in Minnesota will have a foot or two of good, healthy uh, stems on them and buds so that um, it, it really varies. This, this winter, they're probably totally under the snow, so maybe the winter injury won't be so much. But as soon as you can tell what's dead and alive, what's brown versus green, then uh, prune it back to what's alive. This listener uh, sent a text about uh, the, the, he or she purchased a good number of things like uh, lilies, cannas at the Home and Garden Show, dahlias. Uh, they say, I understand that I need to store them in my fridge till ready to plant. I have no room to do that. Can I keep <laughs> them in my unheated garage? It's usually 10 degrees warmer than the outside air. Thank you for that. Yeah, 40 degrees is kind of the temperature you're looking for here to uh, hold these at. So I would say 40 degrees. Another way you can create this is if you put these into uh, a, a large container of potting soil. You know, that will make some type of an insulated um, barrier. But it's, it's you, you want to keep them cool. Um, you know, if you've got potting soil and pots, you can actually put some of these things in pots so that you're actually planting them. But again, you want to keep them, um, you, you don't want it to go much below 30 degrees ever. And so 40 degrees is the temperature you're looking for. So you could try to put them out there with a thermometer on them, but you don't have to plant them yet, but keeping them in your fridge is the best thing to do. Yeah, that's sure. it's kind of hard. Buy a little fridge. Would you consider you that? Go. Buy a little fridge or a little, <laughs> a little dormitory fridge or something. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mary, we'll uh, take a quick break here for the forecast. We'll see what the weather is going to be uh, looking like this coming week and the rest of the weekend. We'll do that, and we'll have about another half hour of our Smart Garden Show coming up on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Mary Meyer from the U of M is answering those lawn and garden questions for you, either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226. We've got a bunch of text messages, Mary, but before we do that, I know we always like to talk about the Arboretum, and let's do that. Uh, But I guess we can maybe kind of make an an early welcome to a new uh, director there. Yes, Denny just announced uh, yesterday, right, was the new director for the Arboretum. He'll be starting May 1st. So, uh, gosh, Pete Moe has been such a solid and wonderful director and uh, advanced the Arboretum for many years. But Pete has decided to retire, and the new person, Andrew Gapinski, from Arnold Arboretum will be starting May 1st. So it's exciting times for the Arboretum. And the flower show has been extended there through tomorrow. Ah. So if you didn't get to see it because of the snowstorm canceled uh, so many things this winter, it's extended through tomorrow. So beautiful uh, display, just so many bright colors. Lots of ideas for containers and um, looking at a stumpery. There's a stumpery in the Great Hall out at the Arboretum. So lots of gardening ideas and just beautiful uh, fragrance and smells. There's also a full moon hike coming up on Tuesday evening out at the Arboretum. So lots of events going on. Little icy on the trails. I mean, is there anywhere that it is not no. icy in <laughs> Minnesota now? It's so frustrating. Well, if you're talking about a full moon on Tuesday, it looks like it's going to be uh, relatively clear. So that'd be uh, looking at yeah, the forecast now. So that, that might be perfect timing. Yes. But, uh, yeah, and again, if you're going to head out to the Arboretum, you said it's uh, carrying over one more day tomorrow, the flower show. 
Yes, right? for the flower show. So if you didn't see it, a great opportunity to do that. Um, most people still need to get reservations, but easy to do. Just a couple clicks online to reserve your time. Make sure there is no... Um, no parking issues or anything so great uh, to think about spring with see that indoor flower show at the Arboretum. Absolutely. You're going to love it. You'll, you'll be a repeat customer, no doubt. Uh, yes. Let's uh, take a phone call. I think uh, Brenda is calling in this morning from Plymouth, and we'll grab some text messages. Hi, Brenda. What's your question for Mary? Good morning. I always cut my large peony bush back in, in the fall. I cut it all the way down. This year, time just got away from me. Snow came early, and I didn't do it. Am I going to have any issues, do you think, this spring? Brenda, we, I had a little trouble hearing you, but I think you said peony, right? Yes. I usually cut it back in the fall, and I, time got away from me this last year, and I didn't do it, and I'm a little right. concerned about that. No problem with your peony. We do recommend cutting that back in the fall to remove botrytis blight. That's often a fungal disease that will be on the foliage by the fall of the year. But no, you should be fine. You should be fine um, this year. Peonies are one of our long-lived perennials that love the cold weather of the north. So um, our friends in the south cannot grow peonies, but we can, and they usually will outlive us. Yeah, that's true. And and I remember, do they not have real lengthy uh, roots? They do. They 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 have big, thick roots. Uh, if they're fairly old, the, your forearm is the size of the roots of a peony. So it's hard to even dig them up and transplant them. They, um, you know, it's hard to get all of them. You get a chunk of them, and then you'll find your your peony is still growing out there because some of the root was <laughs> yes. was in the ground. Yeah, they're tough for sure. A uh, listener wants to know, uh, Mary, is it a good time to prune or trim uh, leaf trees, ash, apple, maple, locust, etc.? Yes, it is. Uh, the The dormant season we're still in through March is a good time to do any pruning, especially on oaks. This is our last month of the winter for oaks because once we get into April, uh, there's more activity with insects and transmission of oak wilt. So, But all uh, pruning can be done now with dormant uh, trees. Fruit trees, apples, pears, things like that, it's a good time to prune uh, them as well. Okay. Good morning. This texture says, love the show. Thank you. Can a potted Diffenbachia plant be split into two separate sections and repotted into two pots with fresh potting soil is the question. If you have two stems, so you've got to have a big stem, two stems growing on the top, then you can divide that with one stem in each of your two new pots. If you've only got one stem, uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> no, cutting that in half. No, that's not going to work. But oh, two okay. stems, yes, yes, you can do that. And you know, there there are so many house plants now on the market. And if you've got a big house, if you've got really good light, and your house plants uh, are growing, that's gotten to be a common question we get now: is division of these big house plants that get to be several feet tall. So. Uh, if you've got two stems on a Diffenbachia, go for it. Okay. 
Uh, this listener says, a fire uh, burned under and close to our row of evergreens. Now they're slowly turning brown. Have we lost them is one question. And the other one is, can we replant in the same area if we have to remove them? Wow. Yeah, that's hard to tell how hot that got. And uh, right, with time, that's when it's going to show up with the lower branches really being uh, brown. So I, I would, you know, wait and see if uh, it was fire was last year. I would go through maybe June of this year and see how much new growth comes out and what's dead. And if it's not acceptable with the amount that's dead and you need to replace the trees, you can replant in the same area. Um, of course, there's going to be a lot of roots there. But if you just stagger the new plants that you put in, uh, try not to put them exactly where the other ones were, you can do that as long as you can dig a space in there big enough to get the root ball in of the new plants. The older roots will just, they will deteriorate on their own. If you're just joining us, Mary Meyer from the U of M is answering those lawn and garden questions on our Smart Garden Show today. Here's another text, Mary, uh, from uh, Brooklyn Park. I planted a fire willow shrub last fall and put a small fence around it to protect it from munching critters. With the deep snow now, the fence isn't too far above the snow level. Anything else I can do to discourage the munching from the deer and rabbits? Boy, the only thing I can say is just, if possible, increase the height of your fence. Uh, there are rabbits are just notorious for what they will go after. They seem to like a lot of the willows. I have had such problems getting pussy willows established because even with protection, they tend to knock over the the wire and everything to to get at uh, some of the willows. So if you can just put more uh, barrier on top of the snow uh, to keep the rabbits away from it, they will. They're voracious in what they what they go after. Oh, boy, that's for sure. Deer, too. Uh, Deer, let's yeah. grab a phone call. I think Chloe is on the horn calling in from St. Paul this morning. Chloe, thank you. What is your question from Mary Meyer? Good morning. I have a honeysuckle and also a trumpet vine, and I'm wondering if um, how late can in the spring can I trim it? Because right now there's so much snow I can't get to them. Uh, you know, the, if you, you're, you're always at risk of taking off the flowers when you prune them in early spring. So I would wait until after they flower to actually do the pruning. Uh, but having said that, both of these vines can get to be very big and very vigorous. So if you don't mind sacrificing the flowers, as as soon as you get to them, I would do that. I'd try to do it before the 1st of July. If you can do it before the 1st of July, that's the, that's the best time. Okay. Getting a signal, Mary, we need to take a quick break, and we have more show to come. Lots more text messages to, for folks uh, to get, help the folks out. And uh, when we come back, Mary, let's do this. I think there is a question about uh, someone looking for a suggestion for some trees. I think we should mention the uh, U of M website when we come back. Yes. It's a, lot, a great resource. We'll do that, among other things, here on 830-WCCO. Stay with us.
Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the U of M. And Mary, I know we always like to mention that uh, great website, that there's so much information you and your colleagues have put into that, extension.umn.edu. Uh, what are some of the things that, that we can find there? So many. Yes, so many, as you said, Denny. Lots of information. Uh, we try to have a lot timely information for right now for what you should be doing in March with your garden. But the resources are many. What uh, what weed is this? What insect is this? And then recommendations for difficult planting areas, uh, dry shade conditions. Uh, new trees, if you want to plant, which tree should you plant? Julie Weisenhorn has developed a database online for landscape plants that you can search and put parameters in for the height you want, flowering time, uh, the height of the plant you, you're looking for. So just a huge number of uh, wonderful resources that are that are up there, and they're really specific for Minnesota. They're for um, northern Minnesota as well as uh, the Twin Cities, but they're specific really for our climate. So, yes, the tremendous amount of information. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Mary, but I think that's one of the top uh, extension websites in the country. Yes, At least it I is in my it, book. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the number of hits that it gets, the number of people that look at it, the, the gardening pages are very popular part of the Extension website. There's so many people that come back to them looking for information, and they often, the Extension websites come up on search engines for uh, what's, when you put in the name of a plant and a problem, uh, you often will get those. So, yes, they are very popular. Very popular. Uh, Mary, this uh, listener says, I will have a raised bed for vegetables for the first time. I've seen raised bed soil for sale. Do you think that's the right type of soil to buy, or should I work a, a little of it into the ground also before I set the frame in place? My experience with those bags of raised uh, bed soils is that they're pretty heavy. They're pretty heavy, and they're very coarse textured. And it's hard to figure out kind of what really is in those. There might be some mineral soil, which is be ground, you know, regular topsoil that's in them as well. They are definitely for, uh, for outdoor use. Many times, uh, if you know that your soil is not contaminated with any uh, heavy metals or any pollutants, it is actually fine to use our mineral soils. We tend to have heavier clay soils, but if you mix some of that in with uh, some purchased soil, which tends to not have mineral soil, that's a good thing to do. The basic premise of raised beds is you have better air, better oxygen, and water holding capacity than a lot of our native soils. So using commercial potting soil, uh, specifically raised bed soils, usually is a good idea. Okay. Uh, this uh, listener might be a good candidate to check out the uh, U of M website. It says, help. Necessity requires that I have my 40-year-old river birch removed. Through my tears, I will be writing down any suggestions you might have for a replacement. It's a 40-foot focal point for the center of the yard, gave perfect shade and a little mess. Uh, thank you for whatever you can suggest. But uh, what do you think, Mary? Oh, 
River birch is a beautiful plant. I'm sorry that you have to have that removed. It's one of the plants I do recommend a lot. But I would say based on uh, gopher diversity, uh, if you... Uh, if you don't have an oak, I, I'm a big fan of oaks. Oaks are one of the plants that support the greatest diversity of insects, lepidopter, caterpillars, and so on. Oaks are not necessarily slow-growing. When you plant them as young plants, they will do just fine. Um, a honey locust, hackberry, and then the disease-resistant elms. Those are all good choices. Those are all uh, native in Minnesota. They're tough plants. And they will take that uh, sun and uh, full kind of a drier situation that it seems like this was growing out in the middle of a lawn area. A maple might work, but maples tend to like moister uh, soil conditions and a little bit more um, perhaps protection. So, uh, but again, at the website, you can look up many uh, recommendations. You can see pictures of these different uh, trees. So, um, I would, but I think about diversity. What else is already on your property and plant a different kind of tree? Okay, good idea. A couple of minutes to go, Mary, in the show. This listener says, I'd like to plant sunflowers around the house. Any seed better than another or best location? Sunflowers need full sun conditions, and if you plant them up near the house, you'll find that they're going to kind of lean or grow away from the house. So just as much sun as possible. There are many, many kinds of sunflowers now that you can buy, from the big one-stem mammoth ones to ones that have branching, specifically are uh, grown for branching and many smaller heads. So when you, if you look at the seed packets in a store or in uh, seed catalogs online, you'll see just hundreds of different kinds. So sunflowers are really great for attracting uh, pollinators and certainly the birds love them. They tend to know when the seed's ripe before we do. You know, we've got, uh, oh boy, it looks like about a minute or so to go, so we we really can't attack any more text or phone calls, so we appreciate your patience on that. Mary, let's do this. Let's mention again the uh, U of M website and then uh, the Arboretum, how to get to the Arboretum. We didn't mention that earlier, but uh, give us the website again. Extension.umn.edu and then click on Yard and Garden. Uh, there's a search engine there, but also many topics. So all of your spring gardening questions uh, can be answered online at extension.umn.edu. And you mentioned and, the Arboretum. You need to go online to make a reservation. It makes parking real easy, by the way, uh, doing yes, that. Yes, it, it does. Uh, and when you go online, you can see what events are happening there. But the Arboretum is west of the cities. You go west on 5, just after the junction of 41 and 5. You'll see that entrance uh, into the Arboretum. And as I said, the flower show has uh, two more days. This ends tomorrow. Perfect time, perfect time. Great weather. You want to get out there. Mary, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your help. Let's uh, do this again when you have a chance. Yes, thank you, Denny. Very good. Mary Meyer from the U of M. And just a reminder, coming up next hour, get I was going to see if those home improvement questions ready. You can do that very thing, but specifically decks and decking and porches. Luke Panic will be on uh, next hour filling in for Andy Lindis. And any kind of a home improvement question you may have, that's next hour here on WCCO. Mostly cloudy at the moment. We do hope to see sunshine later. Our current CCO temperature reading, 27 degrees.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.